Welcome to the Disky Chicks Podcast for business leaders, HR directors, coaches, and those interested in learning how to use the DISC assessment to grow self-awareness, improve communications, and develop leaders and teams. Please welcome your hosts, business coaches Martha Fourlines and Cindy Jacoby. They are loud and proud about all things DISC. Hi, this is Cindy Jacoby, and welcome to the Disky Chicks Podcast. My partner, Martha Fourlines, and I are enjoying our summer vacations, but we didn't want to leave you hanging. We have reached back into our Hall of Fame to bring you the best of the Disky Chicks, so sit back, relax, and enjoy one of our most popular episodes. It's only after you've stepped outside your comfort zone that you begin to change, grow, and transform. Roy T. Bennett. Welcome to episode five of our second season of the Disky Chicks. We have been covering over the last month using DISC behavior style as a tool for your selection and hiring and onboarding of your new employees. And today we are delighted to have a guest with us, Dana Kane, who is the leader of the finance and accounting for JES Holdings. And Dana happens to be one of my clients. And I've had the real privilege to be able to work with her over the last six years, Dana. It's been a while. So welcome, welcome to the Disky Chicks. Thank you, Martha. Thank you very much for that introduction. Absolutely. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about JES so people know what you do in your business? Of course. So JES Holdings is a full service real estate organization. Um, We have an office in Columbia, Missouri, and we have an office in Atlanta, Georgia, as well as an office in St. Louis, Missouri. We have two offices in Missouri um, predominantly because that's where our owner has roots and was born and raised um, in the Missouri central Missouri area. And so, you know, obviously as we've grown as an organization, our footprint has also expanded. Our Atlanta office was established in 2005 um, with our tremendous growth in that area. So we are very fortunate to have a little, a little Southern hospitality in our repertoire. So yeah, absolutely. Dana, hey, it's Cindy. Uh, I wanted to ask, where are you now? Are you in Atlanta or St. Louis or where are, where, where are you broadcasting from or working out of? I live in uh, Springfield, Virginia, so just outside of D.C. Wow. So have you worked remotely this whole time? How long have you been with the company? So I've been with the organization since 2005, January 2005. I just had my 16-year anniversary. Woo! I started working remote in 2016. So my husband is active duty Army, and so he relocated up to Fort Drum or Watertown, New York. So I've actually been working remote since late 2016. So you were remote before it was cool, huh? Very much so, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a it was a very easy transition for me to go into the remote world uh, when the pandemic started. So my staff not so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, it made it an easier transition for you when the proverbial, you know, hit the fan last year, right? Because they were yes. used to you leading them, although you travel monthly, and you haven't been able to do right. that. But something else big has happened in your life over the last few months. Do you want to share it that? Has. 
Of course. I can't wait. Um, obviously, it brings a smile to my face every time I talk about it. But um, I just recently became a new mom mm. um, to three-month-old Ella Catherine. We are very, very blessed to welcome her into our little family. And she's doing great. Um, obviously, I'm doing well back to work. And she is the light of our lives, for sure. And she's sleeping through the night. I mean, that's huge. <laughs> She is. Yes. Uh, yeah. She's, she's just recently started to have a little bit of regression, but that's okay. It's, you know, as long as we have a few good nights in there, everything's perfect. <laughs> right. Well, you look great. So hopefully you're getting enough Thank rest, you. right? Well, let's, let's get down with it in terms of how you have found this to be a benefit to you as a leader of an organization. How many total people are in your organization? We are the full service real estate organization. So we do have properties that are located throughout the United States, right. um, including property managers, maintenance techs, regional managers, senior managers. Right. Um, obviously we have regular employees that, you know, are in the field staff, you know, trying to find future developments for our organization. Right. Um, so we, and then we also, we also have three skilled nursing facilities in the Kansas city area. So in totality, JES has around a thousand employees. Right. including all field staff. JES corporate, um, when you look at the office personnel and immediate office personnel, we have, I think, around 200 staff mm -hmm. um, that kind of report in and out of the offices um, at the various locations. Under my supervision, I have approximately 38 individuals. Well, that's a lot. It's a big operation. Well, let's talk about, since we had this theme last month around selection and hiring, how you have found DISC to benefit you in your area of responsibility. Uh, being in accounting, um, you know, I, I feel the DISC assessments are very important. Um, you know, a lot of my, my team are numbers driven. Um, just by nature, you know, we are accountants or, you know, have some type of affiliation with accounting. Right. So when I'm looking for a candidate, you know, I, I'm looking for somebody that is naturally analytical, um, mm -hmm. you know, not only in their natural state, but also in their adapted state as well. On occasion, you know, I, I think variances between natural and adapted are natural <laughs> um, in this world. Very few have very little changes. Um, I'm actually one of those individuals. My, my natural profile and my yeah. adapted profile are very similar. Um, mm -hmm. very, very small anomalies between, between the numbering, you know, and that's kind of what I look for in, in staff as well. I don't like to see a lot of variation. Um, our jobs are very stressful to begin with in the industry that we're in. And I don't like to see anomalies that, that float between the natural and adapted state, because that brings additional stress um, right. to the work, you know, in addition to what is already, you know, our environment. Right. Dana, my heart so is like full of joy when you say that, because most people who use <laughs> DISC aren't even aware of the adapted style. And even if they are, they don't really understand what that means, because we all can do any of these jobs. But some sure. of us, if you put me in that accounting job, I could succeed. But my <laughs> stress level would be out the roof because I'm very low on analytical. So it's not a matter of competency necessarily. It's a matter of comfort. And, sure. you know, if I had to do it, I could do it to survive, but it would not bring joy and I wouldn't be a great employee either. So to recognize yeah. that that variance is stress inducing is just music to my ears that that you get that and you found that to be true as well. So 
Thank you for that. Very, very, very much so. And that's one of the things that I that I look at, you know, truly in the hiring process. You know, once it gets to me, I'm kind of one of the last stops for the hiring process. Um, I let my team, you know, who the individuals are going to be working directly with, I let them do the um, basically kind of spearhead the interview process. You know, I let them get into the details of like, okay, here's the job, here's the functionalities of the job, and then here's how it relates to the organization. Um, we are very, we are a vertical integration company, and whatever one company does affects another company somewhere right. down the line. And you know, so I I let the team, you know, basically handle the the individual details of the job. You know, and then I come in. I know just enough about the jobs to be able to speak intelligently about it, but I don't get into the weeds. I I don't like it. It's not where I thrive. Um, so I think it's really important to really understand, you know, that there is a difference between their natural style versus your adapted style. Typically, when I see a lot of variation, I wonder who that person really is you know, at the yeah. end of the day, you know, yeah. kind of like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, you know, situation. Yeah. So exactly. I, I don't like to see a lot of variation between it, unless it's a, a certain position that I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's not as, as important, you know, if you do see a, a, a gap between it. Yeah. Um, I am not your typical accounting profile. I was going to say, a, what? A share your profile. Excellent. Yeah, actually, no, don't like want to get my, into the weeds. I was like, who is she? What is going on here? <laughs> yeah. So my natural style, I'm a, a basically a DI. Both my my numbers are the same in my natural style. Um, but then in my adapted style, I, I drop my D just slightly and I, I ramp up my I just a little bit more. My my S and C are the definitely the lowest too. So I'm not your typical accounting profile. Um, typically we see it the uh, higher C and that's what I look for. Cause I like to see the, a lot of the analytics, you know, I want to see that somebody's right. going to deep right. dive into the numbers and have that attribute, you know, right. natural. So and that definitely was, not your typical accountant profile. I know. Yeah. I want to hear more about how you got to being an accountant. Like what drove you to that, that profession? And then how did you get to be controller without navigating through the weeds like that? Or maybe you did. <laughs> Well, it, that, those are great questions. So I actually started out in the accounting world. So my mother, she was a, a late college entrance and she was getting her associate's degree after she worked in a factory for, you know, numerous years. And she decided, Hey, I want to do something different. I want to step out of the factory world. I want to go into business. So she ended up getting her associate's degree. And as she was studying, you know, during doing her college classes, she's sitting there at the table after dinner, um, and sometimes I will admit I did not eat all my peas and carrots, so I would be punished and have to sit at the table until I ate them all. But across the table, my mom is actually sitting there doing schoolwork and I couldn't help but to notice, you know, on occasion, hey, mom, what are you doing? And she's typing intently some of the numbers. I would always kind of peek over and like, hey, mom, what are you doing? You know, and she's sitting there doing journal entries. And I'm like, what is that? What, you know, so she kind of started teaching me a little bit as she was learning. And I thought that was really cool. She's trained to make something of her life as opposed to just working in a factory in small town, rural Missouri. And, you know, I'm at an impressionable age where I want to see and I want to learn. And I'm right. basically like a sponge. So as she was learning, I was also learning. And I was actually in middle school around that time frame. And when I got into high school, they started offering like bookkeeping classes and record keeping. And so I, I kind of got the basics of it, you know, and I was like, yes, this is kind of what I want to go into. I just love the, I just love numbers and, and how it all fits together. I, I'm a, a good problem solver. You know, I like problems and I like, you know, I, I put out a lot of fires on a daily yeah. basis. Which, so, which is a, um, a necessary skill for every leader, right? So, but yes, what, yes. I, and I was um, 
when I first met Dana and we were doing some leadership training, I saw her profile and I went, how did this happen? How did you end up in accounting? So, you know, I heard the story, but she has that capability with her DI and ID combination of being very conceptual. And as a leader, you you have to get out of the weeds and see the big picture so that you can solve the problems that you do solve with your um, all your direct reports and other staff um, to do what's right for the business. And I think that's really, really important. And, you know, I, I joked with her a little bit, well, you have just trained yourself to be able to get in the weeds when you need to, but I don't think Dana, because Cindy and I's profiles are very similar to yours and I can get in there for a little while, but I can't stay there a long time. I have to take breaks. You figured it out and that's great. You know, good for you. Sounds like delegation was your friend because even when you were talking about the, the interviews and the nitty gritty and all of that stuff that you put that down on uh, to your to your team to do that instead of you having to do every little step of that process. So I can see right. how that uh, you, you stayed up on a higher level. And then Dana was the first of the executives at JES that wanted to do teaming sessions with her different teams, her controller teams, her directs, and then some of the um, different accounting, functional accounting teams. And Dana, talk to us a little bit about why you wanted to do that and what benefits that has brought for you and your team. I started doing that with my team. Um, first of all, I enjoyed, you know, the, the sessions that Martha, you know, hosted for us, you know, and getting to look to, for us to learn about each other as opposed to about our individual selves. Um, I could tell you when I took the DISC assessment that I, I knew what my profile was going to be just based on my personality. I, it was no surprise to me. As we expanded into our leadership group and, you know, what some of the profiles our other leaders had within the organization, it was very dynamic. Um, some were very, you could tell exactly, yep, I know exactly why that person's a supporter or they're an influencer. You could definitely tell those individuals or the highly dominant ones. I thought that was very interesting, you know, in the group setting that we were doing it because you got to learn about well, what drives people, you know, why they are the way they are, as opposed to, you know, like, well, I don't understand them. And you got to learn about how to communicate with them. That's probably the most important thing um, mm -hmm. that I think from these assessments is really how to communicate. You know, in this day and age, I don't feel that we communicate as nearly enough as we need to, not just in our business world, but honestly, even in the personal world. I think communication is, is a language that is not really enforced a lot. It's just kind of like, oh, you know, in this day and age of technology, oh, well, I'm just going to sit behind a phone and not really have that face-to-face -face or, you know, even just phone calls anymore. Emails. Um, just simple things. <laughs> yeah. E yeah. Everybody hides behind email or hides behind text messages and you really don't get the tone um, that is really intended by, by communicating. So, you know, communication has definitely changed um, in the past, you know, 10 years. Um, as opposed to how I learned to communicate, handwritten notes, those are, those go a long way. I, I think it's important as a group, you know, for my team to experience the same thing that I did, you know, for me to be an effective leader, I want them to have the opportunity to go through what I've had the, the pleasure of going through and the opportunity. And it really kind of motivates them like, Hey, 
my, my, my boss, my, my company is investing into me. They want me to know how to communicate or me. They want me to know myself. That's why I, I started doing individual breakout sessions. So I, I would have like one, one team do uh, the team assessment so they could see where each, each person ended up in the, the wonderful uh, diagrams. And then they could like bounce off of that, you know, and then it's not just like what kind of personality you are, but how to effectively communicate, especially me as a leader. It's important for me to know, like when somebody does something great, they want me to shout it from the rooftop or if they just want to be privately congratulated or just within a smaller group, it's important for me to know as a leader, you know, to my team, you know, cause I like when somebody does something great, I want to shout it from the rooftop, but that's just my personality. Right. Not everyone likes that. You know, somebody would just like, Hey, here's a hand, little handwritten note. Thank you. You did a great job. Keep up the good work. Um, but some people do want that email blast, you know, that goes out to the entire organization. They want that praise, you know, coming yeah. in way to go, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it, it's really important for me to know my team so I can make sure to handle them how they want to be treated, you know, and, right. and good times of praise and, you know, unfortunately bad times. How does, when I have to discipline somebody, what's the best way to approach them? You know, what, right. how, what's, what's the best way that I'm going to have that individual be receptive and understand as opposed to go the opposite direction and, you know, continue to be insubordinate or whichever. Right. So, and then they get to see each other, you know, so then they can not only, but it's for my benefit, how to communicate with them, but they know how to communicate with each other. So if you have somebody that has a little bit more of a dominant personality versus somebody that is more of a supporter, you're going to, you know, they're going to communicate different with each other. And nine times out of 10, they've had a struggle with communication already, you know? So it's like bringing that to light of, hey, it's okay to have, you know, differences of communication um, or how to approach another person. It's totally okay, but it's how you approach it and how you um, essentially handhold that relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. for it to be successful. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great to hear that the team members are using it as well in how to best communicate with one another. I have to tell one story. We had a group of Dana's accountants uh, go through a teaming session. And as you can imagine, um, the profiles were high compliant, high steadies, high steadies, high compliance, and some influencers in there. And I said, well, let's look at this wheel. And there's a a glaring gap here with the dominance. You know, maybe the next time a position is open, your leader can intentionally look for somebody that has that dominant with that compliant or the other way around. And they went, oh no, we don't want any D's on our team. (laughs) We've got Dana, we don't need anybody. Just leave us alone and let us function. (laughs) Dana, you mentioned in your example that dominant versus the steady or the supporter. And I think that that relationship of all of them is probably the one that gets the most out of this disc training because I think that supporter is so easily wounded by the behavior of that dominant. But when they understand that the dominant just is trying to get things done and they come in and they're strictly business, they ask for what they want and they leave. And the things that go through that, that S's head of she doesn't like me or what did I do? Or she didn't ask about my kids or my weekend or any of that. And the dominant is like, I have no idea what, what she's upset at. Like, 
where did this come from? And so once you realize mm-hmm. that, then it's like, oh, it's not me. They're just trying to get, they just want this report. And that's really, it's the, the D's are pretty transparent, really. And so to me, that's helped yes. those two relationships. And the D's have to make adjustments too, right? Those dominants do have to come in and, and ask mm-hmm. about, talk a little softer, ask about uh, those people personally before they jump right into businesses. Everyone kind of adjusts when, when they're trying to be effective. Uh, it, it just makes the world a lot better place. And again, the feelings and the um, just being wounded doesn't happen as often. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And and we're actually going through our evaluation process right now. So this is very top of mind for, for me and my team. Yeah. Um, because again, delivering a, an evaluation that may not be up to par is never a fun thing to have to deliver. You always have to think about, okay, how is this person going to react? How can you minimize the reaction? Now, if we are all leaders and doing our, our jobs as, as we should, they should never have any surprises like that. So right. hopefully throughout the process, you've been able to communicate effectively. So where these are not any you know surprises and you're like, yep, I know we've already addressed this. Here's how I'm working to remedy it. So this is just formalizing that I've not done a great job this year that I can do better. And you know, but it's also words of affirmation and positive reinforcement during those, like, I know you can do better, you know, maybe a life situation happened or, right. you know, maybe, you know, maybe they just got distracted and messed up or made an error. Um, you know, those things do happen, but it's, you know, really coming in, coming in and identifying, yes, I know you haven't done a great job, but I know you can do better. I know you have it in you, just positive affirmation and, and reinforcement, you know, again, it's just no different than a child, you know, you have to be able to put them on a path of positivity. So yeah, you will soon find out. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But what, what I love about what Dana is saying here is that she and her other leaders that report to her are being intentional with the use of DISC here at the performance management review process that they're going to plan how they're going to have that more constructive conversation. And because the, the real art of doing this is how do you deliver it in a way that they hear it, but they walk out of the session highly motivated to do better, not be pissed and not want to do anything. She's such an advocate of DISC in the whole organization, but also within her that they really do benefit from everybody knowing what their profiles are and being, again, being intentional with it. Dana, was your first exposure to DISC through Martha's work with your company? I have taken some other like personality assessments, um, but nothing like the DISC. Um, and so once I, once I took it, I was like, this is such great information. So I knew I was definitely a dominant personality, but I just love the information behind the assessments that you get. That's like, you know, a lot of people just want to know what they are. Like, just give me my rating. Like, I don't, I doesn't, I don't care what the meaning behind of it is, but that's where the education is. That's where, you know, that's where all meat and potatoes mm-hmm. are essentially um, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you like, that's where you learn and knowing what each of those driving forces are behind um you know, each of the characteristics. I used to worry when I would do a team workshop with DISC, I would worry about the Ds. You know, like, I can't put them too close to the door because they might try to escape. And, but I have found the high Ds are 
some of the most attentive ones in the in the in the sessions because they're all about being more effective and more productive and if they can get Johnny to to do what he wants him to do and if I have to approach mm-hmm. him a different way I'll do it because I just want the results so I found uh, that they're some of the best listeners and, and those that pay attention because their ultimate goal is to be more effective and, and that's what we talk about when why we take this is that we're trying to learn to communicate better so you can be more effective you know you've got to change how you're doing it to be more effective and that's music to a high dominance ears another observation from um, the first group dana that we worked with was there was a plethora of influencers in that group and i looked at you know who was in charge and it was a couple of influencers and so i think it was just that real natural tendency to hire people like yourself And that's what had happened. So as DISC has permeated deeper into the organization at JES, the leaders are being very intentional about getting profiles that are right for the type of work that the employee is doing and having more diversity in what those DISC profiles look like, in my opinion. Um, but, but Dana has been such a champion that I was thrilled when she was willing to come on the Disky Chicks and talk to us. So. Yeah, it works. It really absolutely. works. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It does. I, I was I was delighted at the opportunity to, to join this. Well, great. And we want more people to understand the power of it. And one of the reasons that I have used Disc as long as I have is the simplicity of it. Not that it doesn't measure the right stuff because it does, but anybody can remember their top two and usually their bottom two, right, Cindy? Mm -hmm. Um, But you get into Myers-Briggs where it's more things to remember and people just don't remember it. I'll say, well, what is your profile in Myers-Briggs? Oh, you know, I'd have to go look it up. But everybody remembers their DISC profile from my perspective, but I have a bias. And Dana, you can go to diskychicks.com and you see all of our podcasts. If you, if you are a real disc junkie um, and, (laughs) and listen to what's going on and, and what Martha and I have been talking about. And we try to think of all the different ways that you can bring disc to the workplace. And I'm sure with Martha at your side, she's probably introduced a lot of those ways, but if anyone out there in podcast land is using DISC for business and would like to be a guest on the show, let us know. Just send us a note through um, through our website at DiskyChicks.com or through Facebook, Dixie Chicks Podcast. Right, Martha? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. it. We that's love it. to talk shop. Well, excellent. Well, thanks again, Dana. We appreciate having you on board and good luck with that baby girl. I know you're loving Thank it. Thank you. She's, maybe she's napping. Yes. It's quiet around there today. She is napping right now. Yes, fortunately. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I want to get some stuff done and take advantage of that. So thank yeah. you so much for being on the show. All right. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Disky Chicks podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. To learn more or start a conversation with Cindy and Martha, visit the Disky Chicks podcast Facebook page.